the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information about Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. And now, here's Cynthia. Well, thank you for joining me today. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And I'm so excited because today I have a very special guest and a new friend, Kristen Clark. And she has this wonderful program that she does. She is a successful speaker and an author and a self-esteem expert with 20 years of experience in sales and marketing and communications. And so with quote-unquote wife and quote-unquote stepmom among her many hats, she also coaches women toward higher levels of personal accomplishment. And she attributes her success to overcoming low self-esteem and her passion is helping women who feel undeserving, ill-equipped, and insufficient to shed those faulty perceptions of self by seeking themselves as, seeing themselves as God sees them. And so, obviously, her, her specialty is women, but w- this can be also used for anybody, children, men, older adults, younger adults, whoever, because these are concepts that are biblically based that apply to us as humans. And so you can find her at www.hissideoftheLookingGlass.com. And that's all one word, hissideoftheLookingGlass.com. And so she has this interesting way of looking at some of this. And she, she's talking about facing your inner terrorist. And she says, you know, have you hijacked your deepest desires and dreams? And that many of us interfere with our own personal success by selling ourselves short and behaving in ways that are self-deprecating or self-sabotaging. So today, she's going to talk with us about our own worst enemy and practical tips for overcoming low self-esteem and aligning your thoughts about yourself with what God says about you. And this is in an effort to fulfill your noble purpose and enjoy greater success in all areas of your life. So, Kristen, thank you for joining me, and please say hello to everyone. We're very glad to have you here today. Oh, God, hello, everyone, and hi, Cynthia. Thank you so much for having me today. I have been looking forward to this all day long. Oh, good. Well, I have, too, so this is going to be very exciting. It'll be very good for everyone to hear this information because I really looked at it, and I really like the information, and so I think it's imperative that people understand this concept of being able to see themselves the way that God sees them. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And, you know, for me, that just really goes to attitude. And the importance of attitude and a confident attitude uh, and the role it plays in our lives. You know, the, the importance of attitude just, it seems so clear to us when we look at other people. How often do we think or say about someone else, whether it's our children or our spouse or 
a coworker, how often do we think or say they have an attitude problem? You know, we see people who have the greatest intentions and whose motives are spiritually and morally sound, but who cannot succeed or don't succeed because their attitude is negative and self-critical. But yes. how many times do we see that about ourselves? So talk a little bit about that, because a lot of that is our inner our inner world. And I talk with, with listeners a lot about the way that we think and needing to be disciplined in our thought processes and being on top of challenging those thoughts that we have that may be completely opposite of what God would say. And, and many times I'll say to my patients or to listeners, I'll say, you know, would Jesus talk to you that way? Would, would God ever say something like that to you? But we feel like we're allowed to talk to ourselves that way. And it dishonors God, and we don't realize that. Isn't that interesting? You know, God is the master creator, and he created us. You know, we were, um, he created us and formed us and knitted us inside our mother's womb. And so when we criticize ourselves, aren't we in essence criticizing him? Yes. Fascinating, isn't it? Yes, because we are criticizing what he made. Exactly. And I think that we, as human beings, you know, we're experienced to so many different things in our lives. We've got our own personal experiences, education, training, relationships. The different things we're exposed to cause us to form perceptions. Perceptions about people, places, and things, and about ourselves. And sometimes those perceptions are flawed or incorrect or inaccurate, And I I know for me, I had many flawed misperceptions of self, of myself. My own self-image was distorted. And and I think that happens to a lot of people. And I think that we have an opportunity to sort of rewire our brain or retrain our thinking and, and do that by aligning our thoughts about ourselves with what God says about who we are. I mean, his thoughts about us are so precious. Why aren't our own thoughts about ourselves easily questioned? I agree. Because, you know, some of the problem is we think that, you know, we know that God has precious thoughts toward us, but we don't have them toward ourselves, And that's because we think we know ourselves. And so because we know ourselves, quote unquote, we know ourselves, then we can't say nice things to ourselves because we know we don't always do nice things. And we know that we don't always have nice thoughts and nice intentions. And, and we know that we have immorality in our life to whatever varying degree. And so we have this tendency to think that other people can think nice things about us. God can think nice things about us, but we can't. When in all actuality, God knows us better than we know ourselves. So if anybody would have the right to criticize, it would be God. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I just think that is so powerful, what you just said. And I think that, you know, God's heart for us is just to love us and for us to understand that love. His heart for us is to be able to see our value and our worth in His kingdom, the way He sees us. Yes. And and I think that we have a great opportunity, um, you know, and there's a lot of work that has to be done for some of us in this area. I I know for me it was very true. I had to do a lot of work in this area. But we have an opportunity to retrain our minds and learn to see ourselves as He sees us, so see ourselves from His side, of the looking glass or of right. the reflection, so to speak. And one way we can do that is to go right back to the, the Scriptures, go right back to the Word of God, because that's where He tells me, 
the amazing truths about myself. Well, and I think that's what's hard is that, especially for those of us who have been Christians a long time, you know, we have all that in our head and, and we can read it, but somehow we have this hard time getting it to transfer down to our soul where we actually believe it, you know, and that many times, what I, what I tell people, what I have to had to learn myself and continue to have to learn is that that is an issue of, of faith and that's an issue of trust. Mm-hmm. That when I, when God is telling me that this is the truth, and I'm saying, well, I know in my head it's the truth, but I can't feel that truth, then what that means is I then have to trust that it's true. The same way we do with relationships with other people. You know, with my husband, I had to learn to trust his love for me, that he really does love me. I knew it in my head, and I could see by all of his actions. But trust is, is this thing that is earned, and God wants to earn our trust. And, and he's not offended that he has to earn our trust because he understands we're just little human, frail human beings. And so really practicing belief and saying, you know what, I'm going to actually believe what God says about me. If I can take that step of faith and believe in Jesus, which that's a big thing to believe in, that he's the son of God, he died, he rose again, he saved us from sin and going to hell. Well, you know, we all can believe that one, but somehow we can't believe what he says about us. And I think God shows us over and over and over again that he is earning or has earned our trust. Yes. The culmination over a period of time of seeing his hand at work in my life, of seeing all those instances where I trusted and he delivered as promised, without fail, unconditionally, and miraculously. Absolutely. And of seeing these daily miracles in my life is what allows me to get to that point of almost childlike trust. It's it's intuitive, and it's natural, and it becomes just so heartfelt in my spirit. I know it to be true that I don't question it anymore. Right. I, I think those who seek will find, right? And so if I look for the examples of his hand at work in my life and the lives of those around me, as long as I continue looking for those blessings and those miracles, I will see more and more of those blessings and those and those miracles. Whatever my mind is focused on that I am seeking, I will find. And as I start to see more and more of that great work being done, then my faith continues to grow in deep ways. And that is a choice. That you know, and one of the things I, I am always reiterating with people is that really the only thing that we have any control over is truly what we think. And, and when I realize that that's really the main thing I actually have control over, I do not have control over things on the external, you know, in the external world. What people think about me, how people feel about me, I mean, I can sort of affect that by my behaviors, but they still choose how they think about me, how they feel about me, all those different types of things. I can't control, you know, the economics and world powers, and, and I, I mean, I can't even control my pets half the time, right? <laughs> And so, you know, it's like, and I have a hard time controlling myself. I have to work on that, on self-control. But the one thing I really can choose is how I think. I can't always choose, you know, how I feel. And, you know, because obviously if I could choose how I feel, I'd feel happy all the time, right? So exactly. feelings occur, and, and we don't, you know, have a choice in those. They are, they are a, sponta- a spontaneous response to something external or to the way we think. And so the way I think is so powerful in how I perceive my world and how I experience it, how I experience myself, God, and other people. 
Exactly. And and it's, it's oftentimes that new thinking or training our minds to think differently about ourselves, it's hard. It's yes. really hard for some of us. It, well, I think it's one of the hardest things that we could do because it, our, our mind is, like it says in the Bible, is that enmity with God. So our mind naturally is fallen. And so, we're, mm-hmm. you know, it's like gravity. We have to really resist going there. And our mind will selectively choose to look at things that cause us pain for a survival reason. And one of the, one of the ways that we survive is to try to avoid pain. And so our tendency, our mind has a tendency to want to focus on those things that may hurt us. And so what we have to understand is it's a natural process for our mind to do this. Now, we're coming uh, up to a a hard break here for a minute. And um, this is Kristen Clark. She's calling from me from Colorado. So I really appreciate you taking the time. I think you guys are an hour different than us right now. So so join me again. We're going to take a short break with Kristen Clark. And we are looking at how to not be your own inner terrorist. Join me again in a couple of minutes. Well, welcome back. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today. And I have a special guest with me. Her name is Kristen Clark, and she has a wonderful program. It's a 21-day program on self-esteem. And she talks a lot about not being your own inner terrorist, talks a lot about the way we think. She's a speaker. She's an author. She's now a new friend, which I'm very glad to have known. And I've now come to be corrected that she is actually in Houston, Texas. And for some reason, I had in my mind she was in Colorado. So she is in Houston, Texas. So Kristen, I'm so glad to have you back. And we were talking the last hour so much about the way that we think, and those are the things that we can control, and how that affects our perception of ourself and our self-esteem. So I, I want to hear a little bit about, and I would like the listeners to hear a little bit about your story, because you kind of, you wrote this program, and some of this came out of your own experience, right? Yes, that's absolutely right. You know, I, I grew up in a great family. I grew up in a very warm and loving family. And I grew up with um, parents who encouraged me all along the way. And for some reason, I grew up thinking I was not enough. For some reason, I grew up thinking I was insufficient. I felt like I just couldn't do anything right. You know, I felt I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't tall enough. I wasn't soft enough. I wasn't pretty enough. Whatever it was, I just always felt like I didn't quite measure up to other people. And so I sort of went through my life always feeling very insecure. And, you know, that played a critical role in my ability to assert myself or my inability to assert myself. It played a critical role in my desires and my, um, you know, the, the role that my thoughts played in impeding my own hopes and dreams. And I just felt like I I really wanted to be special. I just wanted to be special. I wanted to be appreciated and admired and recognized as really special. And again, you know, I I grew up in a very warm and loving family, so so this negative 
self-attitude that I had towards myself wasn't anything that my parents instilled in me. For some reason, it was just something I grew up with. And I carried that through my um, young adult life. And that mindset of mine really affected my relationships with people. And I had a series of relationships, unhealthy relationships with uh, men. I was the woman who was looking for love in all the wrong places. And I looked for love and relationships from men who couldn't give me the love and the relationship that I wanted. Well, I think that's really an important point, a couple of things, a couple of points that you made. And one is this idea about family. And certainly, you know, I think it, I think the point needs to be made that we can come from relatively healthy families, you know, because the bottom line is we're all sinful. We're, we all are just humans. So nobody's going to be parenting people perfectly. But it doesn't, it doesn't have to, you know, you can have low self-esteem. You can have, you know, issues of confidence, even if you were raised by people that were doing everything they could to create a healthy environment for your, for your worth and value. Because... We have, we're fallen, we have fallen nature within us, and not only that, we also have the enemy that's attacking us. Oh, and, that's so, so true. and so we have to remind ourselves that some can be an, an environment, and, and for those of us who have come from families, maybe that there was very overt issues of abuse. You know, we might have something to be able to say, now that is why I feel the way I feel. And then there are, there are others of us that go, you know what, why would I come out feeling like this when I really had, I can't have anything to complain about in my family. My family really was nice people. They did a really good job. I don't know why I feel this way. And so I think it's important to recognize that once we're born and we're on this earth and we're living in a fallen body, we are going to struggle. And, and certainly it doesn't help when we get external experiences that increase the struggle. But we are certainly going to have a struggle. That's exactly right. Exactly right. And, you know, I, um, I didn't grow up with God either. Mm. I, grew up, I grew up in a family that was very warm and loving, but we were not Christian. We were not religious. We did not go to church. We did not pray. We did not read the Bible. We did not have uh, any kind of relationship or belief or faith or trust in a power greater than ourselves. Wow. And so I really felt alone. Um, you know, in terms of my thoughts about myself, I, I also didn't have anywhere to go to take them. Right. Well, see, I think that's a really important point as well, is that there's a different, you know, there's, this, there's struggles that, that people that are not raised in Christian families, you know, and that they don't know God, and some of the effect that that has on the way that they feel about themselves, because they're not raised knowing that there's this loving God that wants them and, you know, created them. But yet at the same time, for you to meet God later on in life also gave you more opportunity to have childlike faith with people that maybe have grown up as a Christian, you know, they just have known it all the time, but they've just never felt it and they don't know how to feel it. Mm. And so for you, you know, you had, didn't even know why you didn't feel the, the way you wanted to feel. So then you get to know God and you get to have this conversion experience as an adult, which can be extremely powerful. I mean, not that conversion experiences as children aren't, but it's this whole different way of seeing God, because you're seeing God from an adult perspective, but still with a little inner child that's hurt. Absolutely. And that little inner child I carried with me, that hurting little child I carried with me until I was 35. Exactly. That's right. So tell us some about the program and what you do. Yeah, so the program that I have is called um, A 21-Day Journey, 
And it's really designed to be a 21-day effort to just get into the Bible, to get into the Scriptures, the Word of God, and focus on how He sees us. Focus on what the Bible has to say about who we are in His kingdom. Focus on aligning our thoughts about ourselves with how He thinks about us. And this stems from my own personal experience. You know, I was 35 years old when a woman finally said to me, I wish you could learn to see yourself as God sees you because you are so amazing. And I thought, I don't really know what that means. I don't know that I'm amazing, but I also don't know how God sees me. And I was in enough pain right then and there that I wanted to find out. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, and so I just started this program, and I believe that it takes 21 days to start or break a habit, and so for me, I took 21 days, and I started a very intentional, focused, concentrated commitment for myself to understand how God sees me and to understand everything He says about me, that I am His treasured possession, that I am His beloved, that He does have blessings in store for me that I am valuable to him, that he has a plan to prosper me and not to harm me, that I have been created for his glory. I wanted to know all of those truths about me. And so I went right to the Word. And so my 21-day program is designed to help usher people back into his love, into his warm, open arms, so that they can start to have thoughts about themselves that are as precious as his thoughts are about us. Oh, I love that. I think this is so important because, you know, like we were talking in the first segment about we think we know ourselves, and so that's why we feel like we have license to criticize and self-deprecate and do all these things. When actually, you know, if we really knew ourselves the way God does, we would not say those things or feel those things. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia with Kristen Clark here today. Join me again in the next segment while we talk about this 21-day journey for you to be able to see yourself the way God sees you. Well, welcome back. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me again. And we are talking this hour about a 21-day journey to discover your self-worth, your self-esteem, to understand your value. And I have Kristen Clark, the developer of this program, on air today. And she's calling in from Houston, Texas. So I'm very thankful that you are here today. Thank you, Kristen. My pleasure, Cynthia. Glad to be here. Well, we were talking a little bit in the break there about how people would know that maybe this program might be something that would help them. Yes. Absolutely. And I think really when we take a look at how we sabotage ourselves, right, how we put ourselves in positions where we think negatively and how that impedes our hopes and our dreams. I mean, I just remember so many times when my negative self-thinking would cause me to do a couple of things. One is procrastinate. Oh, yes. Right? When I have self-doubt. I tend to procrastinate. I tend to not follow through or carry through on the next step that's needed to accomplish a task or accomplish a milestone. I remember um, it was just a few years ago I wanted to write, 
and someone had suggested to me that I should write inspirational short stories for chicken soup for the soul. Hmm. And I remembered thinking that I felt like such an imposter. I felt like, gosh, nobody wants to hear what I have to say. Nobody wants to read what I have to write. You know, there are other people out there who have been doing this longer than I have who are probably much better at it. And that's the negative thinking, right? And yes. so it, I procrastinated, and finally um, I was able to walk through that self-doubt, and I was able to take control or take hold of my thoughts and push forward because, you know, God has a plan for me, and I am his ambassador. And he does give me authority to speak on his behalf. And so I remember writing my first short story and, and working really hard on having it edited. And I was afraid to hit the send button on the keyboard. Right. Hit my story, right? I mean, I just oh, I know. You just feel so exposed, though, too. You're just like, oh, my gosh, I'm like burying my soul out here. Yeah. And you can't take it back, right? Exactly. <laughs> but that's what, um, that's what this low confidence and low self-esteem, that's what happens when we sabotage ourselves. We might never hit that send button. And so I, I found the strength I needed. God said, you know, I have a plan for you, and I need you to send this. <laughs> wow. And so I hit that send button, and now I can say I'm a story contributor for Chicken Soup for the Soul. I've I did not know that. Yes. Yeah, I've had another you, short story. Oh, my gosh. You need to send me some. Oh, I will. I, I will would love happy. to read those. But it's just a great example of how I almost I almost short-circuited my own dream. Exactly. Because right? Yes. I mean, I think that's so important for listeners to hear because, you know, we we have this global concept that, yeah, God made everybody special. Everybody's made for a reason. There's a specific purpose that you're here on this planet. But our tendency, and with the enemy's help always, and the world as well, can put all kinds of standards on us that we think we're supposed to be measuring up to. And if we don't measure up to it, then we're not going to do it until we measure up. Instead of just saying, I just need to, in this moment, this could be my last moment. This could be my last day on earth. So I need to do that day, that moment, the best version I can. And so, you know, this whole idea that we're, you know, doing things without fear. It's like, why do I have to fear making a mistake? I mean, my goodness, some of the most, you know, powerful, influential people have made horrendous mistakes, (laughs) right? And they can come back, right? I mean, I always tell people, listen, if Bill Clinton can come back, you know, I mean, if you were my age and you were, you know, I remember when they were going to, you know, impeach him. And I mean, he was in trouble publicly, internationally. And, you know, he's like, everybody loves him. He's like the greatest guy. So, you know, we really have to remember that this is not about being perfect because we can't learn if we don't make mistakes. We can't grow if we don't make mistakes. Now, we're coming up to another break. And um, we got, let's, we probably have... Yes, this is our fourth. We'll just we'll be ending the show pretty soon. So this next this next time, I want you to all come back because we have a lot of important things that Kristen is going to continue to elaborate on when it comes to this program that she has, and we have some really neat ideas that I think are going to be very very helpful for you, the listeners, myself. I always learn whenever I do this show. I learn so much, and I'm so thankful for people like Kristen. So we're talking with Kristen Clark, and this is about a 21 day journey. Um, on self-worth, self-esteem, value, so that you can truly understand how God feels about you, sees you, how, we, how he loves you, and the importance of really integrating those thoughts into your heart so that you actually believe God's truth. And so it's imperative that we work on this idea of belief and the fact that we can believe in Christ 
we also then need to believe what he says about us and how he feels about us. And as we've talked in other shows, we need to integrate that into how we feel about ourselves. So I want to copy how God feels about me toward me. And so it's important that we listen to how God speaks about us and feels about us. So this is Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment with Kristen Clark, and we're going to continue to talk about this 21-day journey. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt, and I have a special guest today, Kristen Clark. And oh, I need to also remind you, please don't forget to visit my website at CynthiaHyatt.com, C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T, or you can friend me on Facebook at Cynthia Hyatt, Inc., that's I-N-C. And I've got a lot of really neat things on, on the Facebook page, a lot of daily inspirations. You can also see what radio shows are coming up and if I'm speaking somewhere, And you can also find that on my website. There are podcasts for both of the shows so that you can listen to them 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So welcome back to the show. And Kristen, thank you again for talking to us from Houston, Texas. And I'm always, I think it's funny because I know you've been there for a while, but you have no accent. (laughs) You have no Texas accent. And I have a sister that lives in Texas. And my colleague came from Oklahoma. And I'm telling you. Sometimes, I've, and I've had a client that's from Georgia, and I've had to say to her many times on the phone, you need to give me some consonants. I can't understand anything you're saying. <laughs> and so you have, the, you have this great, just regular, you know, speaking accent. So anyways. Well, well, thanks. I have to confess that I'm originally from Southern California. Oh, well, there you go. So that might explain it. That would exa- <laughs> well, see, my sister, you know, she grew up in, in Phoenix until she was about 19. So she's lived in Texas for the last however, whatever that is. 30, 30 years. Her accent is so, she's got a very thick accent. So I think it's very catching if you stay there too long. It is. Well, you know, if I'm around the natives here, my accent does come out. Isn't that funny? <laughs> it's really fascinating. So anyways, Kristen, we, we are talking about the program that you have developed. This is the yeah. 21-day journey. So give us some of the, the nuts and bolts of it, how it really looks and how it really is experienced by someone that's doing the program. Oh, you bet, yeah. So it's a 21-day journey, and it's called that because it's really designed to take place over 21 days. And again, that just goes back to my belief in this, um, this idea that it takes 21 days to start a new habit or break a habit. And so conscious, intentional, repetitive activities over a 21-day period um, is what allows us to start to develop the habit of daily confidence. And so it's, it's designed after that premise, that idea of, of developing a habit. And it's an online program. And so uh, if somebody signs up for the program, they will get an email from me welcoming them to their 21-day journey, and they will get a web page to go visit and create a login and password, and that puts them, lets them get access into the portal where all of the great material is to help them on their journey. And the idea is that every day they will have a recommended reading, and the recommended reading is right out of the scriptures. And it's scripture verses designed to help us understand how God sees us, how he feels about us, how amazing he thinks we are, 
and the suggested activity is to read in your study Bible. Uh, two, if you have two, I, I happen to have three. I like study Bibles. They're very good at helping me put some context around the verses and making it very applicable to my own life. So you're encouraged to read your study, bi- study Bibles, read the verses, pray about them, pray the verse over yourself, meditate on what God's message is for you in that particular verse uh, and what's going on in your life. And then also you have access to a downloadable guide, which you can print and download and keep with you that invites you to answer some thought-provoking questions about each day's reading, how does this apply to you, what personal message does God have for you in the scripture verse. The idea is to get you in the habit of opening your Bible and reading the verses, in the habit of praying and meditating for God's wisdom and insight to you through those verses, and then in the habit of journaling your thoughts and your insights, any big epiphanies, any big ahas. And then each morning you'll get an email from me because we all need to be encouraged. You know, if this is new behavior for us, it can be really hard. Absolutely. (laughs) And so I'll send an email to encourage everyone on their way with um, a little one-line prayer for you to help you get through the day. And then there are also three audio recordings. And so the first audio recording happens on day three of the journey. And it's really about misperceptions and how we can start to see ourselves differently, how we have misperceptions of ourselves, how we can start to see ourselves differently by looking to the Scripture, how we can see that we are created in God's image and what God's image is, what God's image looks like. And then there's another audio recording. It happens on day 12. And that audio recording is really about how we are what we believe and how important it is to our own personal happiness and success to take hold of our thoughts, how we are equipped to do just that. And then on day 21, there's a third audio call you'll get to listen to, and that is how we train the mind against the enemy and the role that the enemy plays in trying to help us. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That is really, that is awesome because, you know, when I talk to people about mental discipline, and that, you know, this is really where a lot of our success and our happiness is, is, lies, is whether or not our mind is disciplined and, and whether or not we are willing to challenge what we think and to find out if what we're thinking is true. Because we don't want to just believe everything we think. Well, that's right. We don't. And it's interesting. Discipline is one of the fruits of the Spirit. So, you know, if we are committed to helping ourselves, and we don't do anything alone. God will help us through, through this. He will provide amazing insights about ourselves in this process. Then, then we have the discipline. We have all the tools that we need. I think, that's, I think that's very important because one of the things that we have to understand is that God is wanting us to care about ourselves. He wants us to care for who he cares about, which is us. And one of the ways that we care for ourselves is that we are careful about how we think. The same way that we're careful how we talk to children, because we know they're tender-hearted, and so we know that they can be hurt. Well, we have an inner child inside of ourselves that I have to be careful how I talk to myself, because I can be beating myself up all day, every day, and I know that people do this. I've had to struggle against that myself. I still work on that discipline of not letting those thoughts creep in and, and letting those, those thoughts or the way that I talk to myself be dis- despairing or discouraging. 
and and really realizing that you know what god lives in me and it hurts him to hear my internal world sometimes and i i told i told some clients this one day i had this epiphany that when i realized wow god lives inside of me the holy spirit is in there what is my internal home like is it very hospitable because he he says he will never leave so he has to be in there when i'm yelling right at myself and so yeah. you know and then he said i said oh my gosh i was having this conversation with god i get this huge epiphany about that that he's hearing all my you know internal world and what that would be like from day to day and then he says to me and yeah there's a little girl in there too i was like uh oh, ow and I thought to myself, man, they better call CPS on me <laughs> child protective services because I don't think I treat my little girl, girl very well sometimes. I mean, I've worked really hard on that. But that is a really hard discipline to do. So it thankfully, is really hard. CPS has not been called. I'm, so I'm very thankful for that. <laughs> yeah, so God is helping me. <laughs> well, that's right. And, you know, the truth is that we are so wonderfully made. And, and we are perfect, even with our flaws and our faults. I mean, He just loves us in spite of all of that. And we can still be very productive, very fruitful, very successful in spite of our shortcomings. Exactly. Which every single person in the Bible has, has done. And I'm so thankful there's not a book of Cynthia, you know. I'm like, thank you, God. Could you wait till maybe I, I die or, or we go to heaven? Because, you, you know... <laughs> I don't want everybody reading all of my things. Like I get to read about Moses and David and Abraham and Joseph. And, you know, I get to read about all these guys. And and so they did great things for the Lord. Great, amazing things. And they were big mistake-making people. That's right. And they had character issues they were working on until the day they died. Oh, absolutely. And I think we will, too. I think we will have character issues until the day we die. We're designed to. Yeah, well, you know, it's that he he will complete the good work he began in you until the day of Christ Jesus. And so I'm always going to be working on something. But working on this that you're talking about, working about my on the mind and the way that I think and being able to be transformed by the renewing of my mind, taking captive every thought, you know, these things help those other character issues so much more. And any habit, bad habits, if we have any other struggles that we have to overcome, if we are doing the work we need to in our head, we are going to really be helping ourselves do those other things. Well, and I think also that that's a key stepping stone, if you will, to really getting to experience the abundant life here on earth. Yes. Because he promises not only eternal life, but also abundant life. And when we can, when we can align our thoughts about ourselves with how he thinks about us, then we can start to experience the blessing, because we're not sabotaging it beforehand. Right, or distrusting it, or, or, or thinking that we don't deserve it, so now we can't enjoy it. Exactly. Permission. You know, when you just said that, thinking we don't deserve it, we can't enjoy it. One of the things I had to learn for myself was to give myself permission to receive, permission to accept, permission to enjoy the blessing. Exactly. Not because I deserve it, and not because I have earned it. But because God loves me and he wants to give them. Well, you know, I use the example, this analogy about pets, because I have a dog and a cat. And my one girlfriend always tells me that my pets are from the island of misfit toys. Truly. Yeah. I, have, I have my pets I, all the time. I, every single pet I get is just kind of, kind of psycho, kind of problematic, right? <laughs> but I love them very, very much. And 
I tell clients all the time, you know, I didn't get a dog for him to do the dishes, right? Or, or vacuum the rug or go out and be my biggest promoter or get a job so he can bring home money. I got a dog because I wanted a dog. That's all I want him to be is a dog. And what dogs do, he lays around all day. He just wants to be fed by me. He wants to be petted. And sometimes he makes messes. That's what dogs do. And he brings me tremendous enjoyment. Well, when I think of that on a much bigger scale, that God just wanted a Cynthia. That's all he wanted. It isn't about me doing something for God so that I can earn his love or, or become special to him or become valuable to him. I just, he just wants me to do what he made me to do. He doesn't want me to be, you know, an NFL football player. He doesn't want me to be that, right? He just wants me to be this. And then when I'm being me with all of my mistakes, all of my messes, he is happy. He loves me and he sees it. And when I'm struggling, he's in pain for me. He's yeah. not hating me or disliking me. Well, so I would, you know, we're coming up really to the end of the hour and I'm very sad. We have maybe about two minutes. So I want to give you an opportunity, Kristen, to just give us some parting words and tell everyone your information and how they can get a hold of you and all of that good stuff. Oh, thanks. Yes. Please feel free to visit my website. It's called hisideofthelookingglass.com. It's all one word, just like it sounds. His, H-I-S, side, S-I-D-E, of the looking glass. Really designed to help us stop staring at our own reflection because Sometimes our reflection is faulty, but to see what he sees from where he stands. Because we are really amazing, and he wants us to embrace that. He wants us to embrace our value and our worth. And I would like to help you, encourage you, inspire you to do just that. Check out my website. Check out the 21-Day Journey. If you decide it's not quite for you just yet, feel free to look through the helpful articles that are there with real practical tips to help you build confidence and self-esteem. This is God's desire for us, to get back in touch with that childlike faith and trust and to know that we are His mm. beloved. That's awesome. I love that. So I really want to encourage you listeners to really check this out. I like the program. I, I like what Kristen has to say. I think it can be really, really practical and very, very helpful. <clears throat> Excuse me. So Kristen, thank you so much for joining us today. And I'm certainly going to look at having you on again because I think this is just a really, really helpful topic for all of us. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me next week, same time at 4 o'clock. See me on my website, CynthiaHyatt.com, and I'm praying a blessed week for you all. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate and spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay anytime at KPXQ1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on 1360 KPXQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.